Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in youth ministry for a number of years and seen about just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Hey, a shout out to our friend Alob, who uh, did the intro music. You can find him on Spotify. Just search Alob, A-L-O-B. We did it, Chris. We did it. Oh my gosh, you guys. Wow. If you guys, uh, I hope that we actually get to share a little bit about how hard it was to get that intro done this week. Well, it was just really interesting how the Holy Spirit wanted to tickle us a little bit before we started this uh, this episode. But man, it took a lot to get that one out. I'm sorry, guys. I, I've loved at the beginning. It's funny because our topic is uh, pride in ministry and we just got served up a <laughs> dose of humility. Um <laughs> So, um, well, diving in, Matt, you know, this topic came up cause my, my, my back hurts. Mm. Yeah. From carrying this podcast. Oh man. Like yeah. All I'm the, sorry, all buddy. The, all the ideas. You are, the you are everything. Yeah. You're it's taking like, it all yeah, on. It's all that, you know, yeah. and actually, uh, it, there was a time, it, <clears throat> the first five episodes, uh, those kind of ideas and, and kind of that show, um, the show ideas really did kind of come from me. And then we had to sit down and have a heart to heart. And you're like, no, actually, I have all these ideas. I just haven't shared them yet, or whatever. And yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. worked out. But uh, but there was there was a time to where I was like, is this ministry leaders and I'm more about me? Because I was hoping it was about both of us. Yep. And there was this kind of uncomfortableness. Um, but at the same time, there was a little bit of ego that snuck in there. I'll be honest. And and that happens a lot of times in in ministry of like, okay, so you're at this parish, and you know you've got uh, people coming from two states away to come to your program, to come to your adult faith formation, to come to your youth program, whatever it is. Yep. Um, and and you're proud of your program. You've worked hard. You've built a good, solid program. And God shows up. Like, that's the yeah. important thing. Who do you want to show up? God shows up. Um, but is there a danger? Is there a danger in that? Is pride in ministry uh, dangerous? And I, I see that in a number of ways. Um, when you're, you know, having a discussion with someone and they have an idea and you're like, well, I... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When yeah I first, absolutely. When I first graduated with my undergrad degree in theology, I, I got a job in a parish and uh, I thought I was the bee's knees. You know, mm-hmm. I have a degree from this, uh, you know, prestigious Catholic university and no one else does. So I gave all the talks mm-hmm. and I planned all the nights and I lost all my volunteers. Yep. Like that was oh, yeah. that was the fruit. That was yep. the fruit is that I wouldn't share the blessing of ministry with others because I thought that I could only do it right. Yep. And pride in ministry, that ego ended up derailing my program. And year two was a extreme learning experience about how do I go ahead and invite, because I wouldn't even give God permission to enter in. It's like, uh-huh. no, I read a, I read this book, God, you don't know, you know. So, um, <laughs> so what do we do when that comes up? And how do we balance that with a sense of like being proud not well, being prideful, but being proud. Going back to what you were like joking about at the beginning of the, the podcast is when, when we started the podcast, I had my idea as to how I wanted to do it. You had your idea as to how you wanted to do it. And your idea like involved a, a lot more preparation and planning than, than mine did. And that's just kind of my style because I know that when I start to plan things and, and write things out, I'll start to be self-conscious as to whether or not I'm saying what, what, is the right thing or the wrong thing. And, and I like to just kind of go with the flow um, on the podcast. And so it was, well, is Chris right? Is Matt right? Is there a right way to do the podcast? And, and wrestling with that. And the same thought came when we were talking about this topic today for ministry is, is there a right way to do ministry? 
And if we think our way is the right way, we tend to think that, that I'm right, you're wrong, this is the right way to do it, and so you should be doing it the way that I'm doing it. Right, and that's the challenge is that the way that we're doing it, not the podcast, but ministry, listener, the way that you're doing ministry, if you don't think it's the right way, stop. Yeah, yeah right? like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but if you think the person across the street or across town or you know across the state who's doing it differently hasn't also found a way that meets the needs of their community. You know, how yeah. many ways are there to get to heaven? As many as there are people here on earth, you know, and so we need to we need to have that that sense. But the, the challenge is, is pride can close us off from growth. Yeah. Because we, we cease to learn and then we can because the right way this year might not be the right way next year regarding your specific community. Absolutely. And so that's where we have to learn and grow and be receptive to new ideas, new encounters, new engagement. Um well, and so we, we have that struggle, not just when we are doing ministry, we're looking at other people doing ministry, and we start to judge their ministry based on what we do, and they're not doing what we do, so therefore they're wrong, and they're that, that pride in ministry you know, comes up. But then it also happens within ourselves. So many of us who have been in ministry for a period of time, and even our pastors, they change. every like they, Here in the Diocese of Austin, they change every six years or so. They'll rotate to a different parish. And it's so hard to take the time to learn your new environment before you start implementing your ideas. Because what worked in the previous parish, you think, oh, this will work here. Or it worked in the previous way. That was the right way to do it. We need to do it here. And so we may even run into that same pride in ministry. Oh, the way that I did it back there was the right way to do it. And so we need to do that here. Yeah, I think about, uh, and, and, and I think that the seasons change, times change, uh, but I remember my first two years in youth ministry, I literally did clip art. Like I had a book that I would cut it out of and because <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't what it was now, like now yeah, yeah. technology oh, yeah. and, and, and even now, like a texting service is way more effective than, than, uh, Oh, I know. had my, I had my clip art books too, and they were up on my shelf and I, I used those. Absolutely. Now that may just tell us how old we are. You know, but I, I had trouble throwing them away because there was a season of my life where that was a go-to resource for me to help reach teens or seem dynamic and, you know, whatever, masking tape and everything. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but at the same time, like that was at the time the right way. But if someone was doing that now, oh, yeah. I would I would question. <clears throat> I would question. But if they're out in some, you know, farming community and there's not good Internet access and, and things like that, then maybe for them that is the right way, even though my pride would kind of frown on it or whatever, you know, yeah, but, uh, yeah. but there's there are all these, all these different conversations that are going on and, and our insecurities bubble up. Right. And so I think the defense with our insecurity is to have pride. Mm-hmm. And so I'm insecure. So I'm going to say, my pride's going to come in and say, well, I know more, I know better. So therefore they're wrong. Yeah. And I think that that closes us off from a learning experience. Yep. Expertise exists in everyone on some level, yep. and the Holy Spirit is certainly present in everyone on some level as well. And so it's like, how do we go ahead and remain open, but at the same time remain proud and honor the genius that God has given us yeah. in that area? And I think that's a fine line because, what, what do I say? I say, that's not a bad idea. It's just not one we're going to use. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's sometimes my nice way of saying that's a bad idea. <laughs> And I wonder if, uh, like, I, I want to have a follow-up podcast on this because I think often we might look at, some of us may have the opposite issue where 
not that we think we're doing it right, but we always look at what, oh, Chris Bartlett, look at what he's doing. He's doing it right. I don't have anything to offer. I need to copy him. The grass is always greener. Yeah, or or something like that. So I want us to look at that too because what we want to have happen here is for you to own who you are. Own the gift to the world that God has created in you. Be that person. Be confident in that. What the way that God made you is right. <laughs> and, and use that. Um, so you don't need to be looking outwards, you know, to shame yourself. You don't need to be looking outwards to shame others in, in the same sense. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's absolutely true. And I, th- I think about it in regards to the extrovert introvert conversation. Yeah. Is there a speaker, preacher, pastor, minister, ministry leader that has a certain type that has to be, do you have to be an extrovert? Yeah. Do you have to be an introvert? You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I see those different things. And I want extroverts who are speaking and leading the games. And I want introverts that are leading the small groups. Yeah. Because they're more intimate, you know. And so each of them, and there's this, and it's not like this balance. Like I want, you know, four introverts and four extroverts. And then we have the perfect team. <laughs> yeah. It's like God is yeah. going to go ahead and grow his kingdom with what is at, at your community. Yeah. There is nothing that is absent. There is nothing. There's no not a parish in the world where God desires mediocre catechesis or mediocre ministry. Yeah. And so if we know that, then we know that God, our God of abundance, is also going to provide those gifts or have those gifts in place. And then we just have to be stewards of it. And I think pride can get in the way of that. Oh, I don't want your gifts or I don't have enough gifts to be able to accomplish. And these insecurities, it's it's a challenge. Yeah. Or or my gifts are the best gifts. If you don't have my gifts, then you're not going to be good at ministry. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that, and that's, that's really hard to, to overcome. So for ministers out there, I want to really challenge you because the question is, is when we go ahead and go from proud of our ministry to prideful of our ministry, you know what I mean? That egoism, like what is the litmus test to go ahead and wake us up to that reality? How are we made aware of that to where it's like, Chris, I feel like you're, you just steamrolled someone and you were you you may have been right in your point, but you were wrong in the way that you addressed your point. Or how do we go ahead and have those uh, signposts in our life to go ahead and bring attention to, hey, you've got a little bit of pride or a little bit of ego going on in here, and it's shifting from a Christ-centered ministry to a Chris-centered ministry. You know, like sure. what 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 are some ways that we can avoid, <laughs> you know, a sin in our ministry? This sure. is pride. Because you're going to have to be proactive on this. The, the minister, the ministry leader is going to have to be proactive on this. Whether you're the pastor, the DRE, or the youth minister, it doesn't matter. You're going to be the one who needs to, to check yourself every so often. One of the ways that, that I've done that is in a way to, to assess the gifts that I have on my team. Like look at the people that are on my team and maybe even go through Finder, go through the personality tests, do different things like that just to see if you have a well-balanced team. Mm-hmm. If you have a well-balanced team, then that, that shows that you probably aren't thinking that, that your gifts are the best and everybody has to have your gifts. Everybody has to be like Matt to do ministry well. Right. Um, that means, but if, but if you look at it and you're like, holy moly, almost everybody is just like me, then maybe you, know, you might have some pride in ministry and you need, you need to look at diversifying your team and seeing the value in other types of gifts other than your own. Right. I would say the other thing we need to look at is our God provides a consistent love. And um, sometimes we, in our own insecurity and that sense of pride of wanting to be the best or the first or the most innovative, chase after the new and shiny 
program mm-hmm. or the new and shiny. Okay, so we're the best because we're innovating, we're doing this and we're doing that. While there's a parish down the street that might have had the same program consistently over time, over time, over time. And the ministers there are super familiar on how to allow their gifts to shine and navigate through that program and that yeah. style. And they're actually doing deeper ministry because they know how to kind of journey while everyone else is trying to blaze new paths. I think that there is needs to be a balance between maintenance and mission. Yeah. Maintaining your program, but also being mission driven to find out what is the new way or what is a, a deeper way that we can meet these growing needs. Um, but I don't think that we have to start uh, start from scratch every single time. And if we find ourselves doing that, we need to examine our, our reasons because sometimes it's that we just want something more new and exciting. And I think that that falls under kind of a sense of ego or pride to be like, oh, we're the latest and greatest program or yeah. we have the newest this and that, you know. How how do you how do you self assess on that one? I mean, how do you notice that? Because sometimes it's it may be a personality flaw that you don't even notice that you're always looking after the next newest thing. Um, so how do you how do you check yourself on that? Well, for me, I would I would examine some of the programming that's taking place, and I know that the majority of ministry that we that we do um, exists outside of the programming, and the programming is context for building those relationships that leads to that deeper ministry. But I would look at the programming, and if for some reason um, numbers are significantly dropping, it would say to me that there is um, there's not as much enthusiasm or not as much kind of depth to it. You know, a ministry mm-hmm. should really multiply itself. And so if you have a good ministry, it should at least maintain itself by inviting other people to the next year and other people to the next year, you know. And so if that drops off, then it might be worth kind of assessing, is this the best use of our time and resources? Now, the challenge is, and this is another way where pride comes in, is not wanting to let go. You know, I I started this program four years ago, and I, I don't want to see it fail, but I see that there's new needs. So now we're going to have this program on this night, and we're going to add another night of ministry where we do this new program as well. Yeah. It's okay to say, hey, we're going to put put a pin in it, or we're going to go ahead and, uh, and, and, and stop doing it for a year or two or indefinitely so that we can go ahead and innovate in new ways. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, and what you're saying, and, and you haven't quite said it just like this yet, is we need to evaluate our programs. I mean, we, we evaluate our team. That's one way to see if we are um, being prideful in in our gifts and whatnot. We also need to evaluate our programs and and use criteria that will help you, I don't know, discern whether or not you're being prideful in clinging on to something for too long. Right. Or if you evaluate your program and you notice that none of your programs have been in existence for any longer than six months or a year, then maybe you're not like sitting on things and working through things long enough and you're, you're just so focused on the new. It does. It requires a, a certain sense of humility and patience to go ahead and say, okay, we're going to give this program two years to see if it's really effective. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not going to see fruits in ministry. I mean, even two years might not be long enough to truly see the fruits. Mm-hmm. You know, So from a programming side, we need to assess the programs, but also allow the programs to assess us in regards to kind of our pride and our sense of it to where are we turning this program into a sacred calf mm-hmm. and, uh, and what's the danger there. Um, but then in the relational side, I think, and that's where I believe that this is more common, I... I do not like it when programs or parishes or staff members or ministry leaders compete with each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, 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 and I saw that uh, back in the town that you live in. I remember there was a teen that went to 
three different youth programs and he uh-huh. was amazing he was an amazing team and uh and there was a there was a comment that i made that was just brutal i'm like huh, oh, we got him for this week or he came to our retreat and the other youth minister was just like yeah i'm really happy that he's able to be spiritually fed at the programs you offer I'm also really pleased that he's be able to be spiritually fed by the programs we offer too. Yeah. And it was just like to the heart. Like I, I was competing uh, for this team. Shot. Yeah. God <laughs> has already won over this soul. And now he's trying to live out his disciple, his role as a disciple in like three different programs, three different parishes. And I, th- that's great. But I was spending energy there, but there's like thousands of teens in this community that yeah. don't know Jesus whatsoever. And I'm not exerting any energy to chase them down. Yep. Like we've got to, we've got to change that, but pride can blind us from that reality. And I think the devil wants to distract us from yep. the reality that we're going to go ahead and, and, and fight over the faithful instead of fight for the lost and the lonely. Yeah. So what's a sign that you might be competing or prideful towards your fellow ministry leaders? For me, I recognize that when I introduce myself at like a, a diocesan event or a conference or something like that, that I wanted to talk about numbers pretty quickly. Uh, hey, uh-huh. my name's Chris. Oh, how many people go to your program? Because I have X number at my program. Uh-huh. And it all of a sudden became kind of this measuring stick that you wanted look to measure me. against those. Yeah. yeah, look at me. Oh, you only work three nights a week. I work six nights a week. Uh-huh. Because yeah. I'm going yeah. to get divorced. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that, that's the thing. But there's sometimes yeah. those things where we, we go ahead and start measuring ourselves instead of, um, instead of questions like this. How are, how are you, how are you serving, uh, your community or how are you using social media? You know, some new yeah. endeavor or something like that. And just inquiring and then listening, taking a posture of learning. Or, or, of, or who are you? Like, just like learn about them. You, you know? know, what's your like, name? Just a simple your family. Yeah. 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 You know, learn their story. You know, that was in one of my thoughts was, how do I know that, uh, that I might be prideful as, uh, you know, thinking about this other person or whatever? And it may be like, I, I, I don't want to spend time with them. Like, when was the last time you spent time with the youth minister across town? When was the last time you spent time with another person, another ministry leader in your parish? Because they're like, you're going to have this even within, inside your parish that, oh, I'm the DRE and I do ministry better than the youth minister, or I do RCIA and I, I do ministry better than the DRE. Right. And and some of that happens. Well, when was the last time you sat down and, and had coffee with that person, prayed with that person? And if that if you've never done it, there may be some pride in ministry there between the two of y'all. It might be just personality. <laughs> But it, there might actually be some some pride in ministry there that you might want to may want to check. You might want to get to know that person, right? Yeah. And it's how do we break down those walls? And, and, and for two reasons: one, because God calls us to love. Yep. Right. But even if if you want to use your pride in ministry to motivate you, right? And this is kind of a weird, twisted way to think of it. But even if that's got to be your motivation to get in front of someone and uh, and be able to seek to see Christ in them, they have genius and expertise that you don't possess. Yep. And yeah. spending time with them is going to give you a perspective that you don't have that will help you as a ministry leader to grow. And that's going to help the people that we're called to serve in one way or another. Yeah. And that's important. Absolutely. All right, Chris, how else might we be able to see if we have pride in ministry? I think that uh, it's, it's so hard because I think exhaustion is, let me say this in a different way. Ministry leaders are exhausted for a variety of reasons. Yes. One of those reasons could be pride. Nobody else can do it better than me. So when you're so concerned about the front of the store 
that that's all you care about is how is it going to look? How is it going to be presented and things like that? There's this constant sense of stress and anxiety that exists in everything you do yep. because you're building that that tower of Babel and you've got to keep keep growing higher and higher and higher. And so now that, that being said, there's a thousand other reasons why ministry leaders are exhausted. Yep. So if you're tired out there, it, it, more than likely it's not because you're prideful. But if you're prideful in ministry, chances are you're pretty tired. Yeah, you will be. Yeah. yeah, if you're not now, you will be soon. Yeah, because it's very hard to to delegate when you're prideful um, and have other people do the work. So that's another sign. If you're the only one doing all of the work, then more than likely you might have a little pride ministry that you need to to work through. But yeah, if you're tired, it's it's worth a look. The the other piece is in uh, in delegation. If you find yourself sitting there and analyzing instead of experiencing. You know what I mean? And I've yeah. seen myself do that before to where I'm like, oh, they shouldn't have used this word. They should have used that word. Yeah. yeah. When the overall bulk of the sentence accomplished what it was seeking to accomplish, the bulk of the talk accomplished what it was seeking to accomplish. And so it's it's kind of like that little scratch that you just keep picking at until it bleeds. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> when our children do that, we say Don't even gross. say that, Chris. That's gross. <laughs> Ew. Sorry. <laughs> So um, now, now turning from this pride, I think that uh, that that's that's the hardest thing is how do you shift gears when you've operated on that sense for so long to where you know now all of a sudden you're at these diocesan events or these uh, you know national events and no one's coming to sit with you because they're like that guy's just an ego you know what mm-hmm. I mean or that that, yeah. or that 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 ministry leader is just an ego um, how do you go ahead and find your way back into where and I would say that we go back to what the basics. We got to spend time in prayer every day and we got to pray for our ministry, but we also need to be praying for ourselves as ministry leaders. Yep. And sometimes that's a hard prayer to say because it admits that there's growth that's needed. Yeah. And so I would encourage each of you out there this week to take some time, not just to pray for your ministry, but also to pray for yourself as a ministry leader. Not that you would, uh, not that you would uh, grow in or see the areas of pride or anything like that, but maybe that you would just be able to see See the work that God desires you to do. Yeah, and be confident in that. Um, yeah, I like that, Chris. Well, good. All right, Matt. Well, um, as we wrap up, how can our listeners find us? They can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, Google Play, MLAPodcast.com, and you can email us at MLA at ablazeyouth.org. Um, I really want to push the uh, Facebook group that we have out there, Ministry Leaders Podcast, uh, Ministry Leaders Anonymous Podcast. you gotta got to come join the group. It's a lot of fun. You can also uh, write us a review. Um, that'll help another ministry leader find us, share this with someone, and then become a patron, uh, patreon.com slash MLA podcast. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week and pray for yourself, pray for other ministry leaders. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless.